0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lange Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their Ortho Quick Walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net.
1: tennessee sports today with tswa hall of famer maurice Patton. here's chris Yao,
2: welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint here in the lee company studio six minutes past the five o'clock hour and we are coming to you from the front porch sports headquarters of wkom 1017 fm and wzyx 94.5 the eagle in franklin county Happy to have you guys with us. Um, before we get to this, I I've, I was scrolling through Twitter as as we, we are wont to do. do, and NCAA conferences ranked by interactions generated on official social media accounts. Of Is inst- it any spe- any specific sport or just in general? Conferences ra- ranked okay. by interactions in g- generated on official social accounts of Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. In June, June of 2021. All right. The number one conference was the SEC. The number two conference was the Pac 12.
0: The difference hmm. in total interactions. Hang on, hang on. Three and a half to one. Probably. You're the
2: math guy a hundred and twenty thousand more interactions total two hundred and twenty seven thousand three hundred and seventy nine for the s e c sixty thousand six hundred forty one for the pac twelve so you three said, to one
0: yeah
2: right at three to one that's insane <laughs> uh the, but is it isn't it just means more <laughs> exactly uh the a sun had more interactions than the big 10
0: <laughs> that that must have been that um the you know the jack state eastern kentucky central arkansas everybody just retweeting and
2: liking and yeah. such yeah i just thought that was an interesting little uh, tidbit there that 227,000 and then 61,000. Yeah. Oh, wow. Anyway, thought that was interesting. Just wanted to get to that. Uh, So here's the question that I wanted to pose to you earlier because Beach High School right-handed pitcher Chase Burns, who chose to, uh, who signed with the University of Tennessee, Mm -hmm. was drafted, but he chose to go to college rather than. Uh, begin his professional career
0: so he was drafted he was where i'm not sure okay well see here's the thing i mean i think i think he made it plain you know you can draft me if you want to but i'm not gonna sign and that's that that's
2: fine my my question is do you think this is going to be a likelier scenario now in baseball specifically because you can make more money with the NIL than you can in minor league baseball.
0: I don't know how much of an impact the NIL made in this specific instance. Um, This
2: isn't the instance I'm talking about.
0: I'm talking about... Generally speaking? ...as a whole. I I don't know if you can make a general... I don't know if you can generalize that. Do
2: you expect the NIL money to impact the number of players who choose college over pro because we all know that people in low A ball make about $17,000 a year and they don't get room and board and food.
0: I I don't know that the NIL is going to necessarily – I don't know that that will be the deciding factor. I think the – Seventeen thousand versus a college scholarship will be the either or, but when you've got the scholarship plus the NIL, right? Uh, I guess the next thing though is how much of an impact is the NIL going to have on college baseball? I mean, unless you're a rocker or a lighter or you know, you know, a top ten draft pick or a top ten draft pick. Caliber, I don't know how much NIL is going to impact a college baseball player. I, I
2: think it just depends, mm-hmm. like you said, on on the person. But also, you could end up with sponsorships of entire teams, which is, you know that that's kind of where I'm. Yeah, I'm considering this in the future because right now, maybe not, but. In five or six years, the NIL
0: it, in five or six years, the NIL won't look like it does right now.
2: Right, that's what I'm saying. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of things that that transform. Yeah. Over the time,
0: you know, um, I had a chance to catch a little bit of former North Carolina State athletic director and Columbia native Lee Fowler on. George Plaster's show yesterday and they began to talk about NIL and you know where it is and and schools trying to get their arms around it and that kind of thing and and I think you're gonna see this thing evolve I think you're gonna see it kind of maybe narrow down a little bit just so that it can be managed a little bit better I mean we talked about the the entrepreneur down in Miami who's paying the entire football team like $500 a month to endorse whatever it is he's doing, different things like that. I think you may have to be a little careful with that kind of stuff. But I think, like Lee was saying, it's really going to tax, you know, some compliance departments and that kind of thing to make sure that everything is – you know, being handled the way it needs to be. But I I don't think where name, name, image, and likeness is right now is where it's going to be in five years. We need to get James out of Cleveland back on here because there's a lot. You know, I showed you an article yesterday that Main Street Preps had done about, you know, whether or not this is something, and, he, and you had even brought it up well, last I was week. To say, we, yeah, we talked about it. You know, does, does this come down to the high school level? Can it? Can it? What's stopping it? So, I mean, there's, there's a
2: lot. It, 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 it is a lot. So I'm just curious if, if, if we think that's going to make any difference. Um, we'll continue to talk
0: about that. Oh, certainly. It's, right. an, it's an evergreen topic. Sure. Sure. Uh,
2: Speaking of drafted players, though, seven players each from Vanderbilt and Tennessee were drafted.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure it's over with, but the latest, I think, from Vanderbilt was Dominic Keegan, who was um, drafted by the Yankees. Prior to that, Jason Gonzalez went earlier today to the White Sox. I think they had three guys go maybe yesterday. Um Luke Murphy was one of twenty pitchers drafted by the Angels in twenty rounds. Um CJ Rodriguez went to the athletics and who was their third one yesterday? I'm scrolling through my emails because I got one for each guy. Um <laughs> Hugh Fisher. Um was drafted by the Diamondbacks. And then obviously the two first rounders. Lighter and Rocker to the Rangers and Mets. I think the um I think UT also had seven.
2: That's what you have here. Yeah. Um interested because you know one of the Vanderbilt players who was not drafted, Nick Maldonado. Yeah. Um that surprises me.
0: I think after it got past a certain point maybe the 15th round out of 20
2: figured he's not worth trying to draft just cuz he's
0: not most likely not going to sign anyway right i mean he uh, i would imagine he feels like he's better than a 15th round pick or whatever and was probably just going to come back and try to improve on that so at that point why bother
2: seems like as good of a <laughs> plan as any if yeah. you're if you're him
0: and i mean you know, if you are a Nick Maldonado or if you are a lot of guys on that Vanderbilt pitching staff and you see, you know, Lighter and Rocker go two and ten, you feel like, hey, if, if I'm a Vanderbilt starter or if I'm a key cog in that pitching staff next year, I've got a chance to cash in literally sure. in 2022. So what's my hurry? And I'm playing SEC ball. And I'm getting a, Vanderbilt
2: education for free. Hey, uh, yeah, most of them
0: are. Or if not, for at free, least highly discounted. Sure. So, so yeah, I no doubt. Aaron Brown, MTSU. Yeah, Mount Juliet kid. Mount Juliet. Yeah. Um, he was drafted. Um, I think yesterday. Yeah, I think it was in the ninth round. Yeah. By, the Astros. So, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Speak- I tell you this this publicity photo that MTSU put out, he really looks like. Um, and I didn't see the show, but I saw a lot of the memes. Um, Eastbound and down, Kenny, Kenny um, Powers,
2: yeah, Kenny Powers,
0: yeah, yeah. He's kind of got the the flow going and the mustache and all that, yeah. So, hey, if, if, I'm telling you. These kids have all
2: got got the the weird haircuts. I don't remember
0: 2021, 20, 22 year olds looking like that when I was twenty, twenty one, twenty two. 22. It's, it's crazy. the chicken
2: they're serving in those public school lunchrooms, man. There you go. I've
0: been trying to tell you that for 10 years.
1: There you
2: go. Oh, man. Uh, let's move on to we're, we're still on baseball here, but the All Star game is tonight. It's at 6.30. The home run derby was last night. And here's the stat that everybody's talking about, which I think is fantastic. In his career, Pete Alonso has made $1.4 million via his contract with the New York Mets.
0: In his career? In his career. To that's this, a steal.
2: That's, I mean, he was a rookie last year. They didn't know what they were going to get, but yeah, at this point, it's a steal. He's won $2 million in the Home Run Derby. If he only competed in the Home Run Derby,
3: <laughs>
2: he would have made more money than if he only played for the Mets. For he could have he could have just saved his time, worked two days out of the year, <laughs> and made twenty five percent more money.
0: That's not how it works. That's just not how any it. of this works. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
2: So there is that. The polar bear yeah, wins the home run derby now again. Yeah, two for two. <sighs> so if if there were a home run derby. In Korea, I don't know who would win it, but they do have a bunt derby in Korea. That's pretty fantastic. And I wish there were a bunt derby everywhere because then people would have to learn how to bunt. To bunt?
0: Something be said for that.
2: I, have you you've not seen the videos? Of this. Have you seen, have any of you seen the videos of this bunt derby? Have you I seen did. this is amazing, right? I saw right? it
3: earlier today. It was so cool.
2: It, I mean, there's there's like a target on the
3: field, right? Man. And you have to bunt into the target. It's Like 15 feet away from the plate, and it's like it's in that sweet spot. I like it. It's it's a thing of beauty. It, it requires really skill, and it's awesome.
2: And absolutely, it's not just pure brute strength. There's a lot of skill involved, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. I want to see it more often. Matter of fact, they should do it in Little League so that you learn how to button Little League. So, just a thought. Sounds tonight, they take on Louisville, 705 First Horizon Park. Won the series 4-2 to over in Gwinnett County, Georgia, last week. Looking to keep that going here in back in town. Yeah. It looks like the weather's going to be perfect for it if it's anything like it is outside right now.
0: Right now. Right now. It's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Yeah.
2: Stick stick around for
0: that. Meanwhile, um, as you said, the All-Star game tonight, so the Raves are off, which means they can't lose tonight.
2: They can't lose. Um, the All-Star game, the American League favored by one and a half. Over underset at eleven runs. Only once since two thousand five has the All-Star game had more than nine combined runs.
0: Only once. But they're in they're they're in Colorado. Yeah, it's a Coors field. So um the American what? League has won the last seven. Obviously, they did not play one last year, correct? Is that right? Okay. And in nineteen of the last twenty three and one of those four was, was a, a tie. tie, yeah. So the so the National League is what three nineteen and one,
2: yeah. And that's since the nineties, since the late nineteen hundreds. <sighs> that's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, this day in Braves history references one of those three. On July thirteenth, twenty ten. Veteran catcher Brian McCann powered the National League to a 3-1 victory over the American League at Angel Stadium. It was the first win for the senior circuit since 1996. With a two-out, three-run double in the seventh inning, McCann was named MVP for the game. After driving in, all three of the National League's runs in the can win. can imagine why. Kind of makes sense. But um, apparently he liked July 13th because two years earlier he sent the Braves into the break with a home run and drove in three runs in a 12-3 win at San Diego. Um, Homer for his 18th of the season to go with an RBI base hit and an RBI double in that 12-3 win. So, July 13th. Big day for McCann.
2: <laughs> Brian McCann day. <laughs> right? There we go. There you go. All right, that's this day in Braves history. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is Big 12 with
0: Jason Kersey. Be right back.
1: beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today
2: welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint chris mo Patton here with you on this tuesday afternoon thank you guys so much for hanging out with us happy to be with you on wkom 1017 fm wzyx the eagle 94.5 down in winchester uh, it's a uh, It's going to be an interesting segment here as we continue our coverage of college football and our second day of Big 12 coverage. Yesterday, we told you about everybody else. (laughs) And today, we talk about the Big Dog and the team that's much like the UT here, which is always back next year. Next year's our year. (laughs) We'll talk about Oklahoma and Texas. And uh, joining us to do that is Jason Kersey of The Athletic. Jason, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you.
4: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, Jason, obviously um, we kind of goofed. We um, we forgot that the Big 12 does not have divisions any longer, but um, I think it's reasonable to discuss Oklahoma and Texas on their own since um, one has been – Pretty much historically, the class of the Big 12 and the other, as, as Chris said, is always expected to be. Um, first off, what, what are your expectations out of Texas this time around, especially with, with the coaching change with Steve Sarkeesian coming in and taking things over up there?
4: Well, you know, every year we play the same game, uh, both nationally and in the Big Twelve, and it's the is Texas back game, and uh, I'm and to be honest, uh, I'm I'm a little tired of that um, because, you know, th- this this stretch of mediocrity mediocrity has gone on for ten years. I mean, we're we're Texas has not been relevant nationally really since what 2009. Uh, 2000. Well, I think, were they okay in 2010? Maybe. I don't remember. Anyway, the point is (laughs) that's the point. Yeah. It's, it, it's been a long time. And so, you know, we've been through Mac Brown, Charlie strong, Tom Herman. Now there's a new coach. Um, I personally don't think Tom Herman should have been fired because I didn't think they were that bad last year. I mean, they lost a couple of close games. Um, and, you know, I, I you sort of got the sense that maybe they were getting better. I I don't know. I was kind of surprised they decided to make that move. But the point is um, no coach is going to be successful there uh, until some of the other factors are fixed. And by that, I mean the boosters, um, having such an outside, 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 outside role down there um, having so much power there's just a lot of complicated things about texas so i just i just don't know what my expectations are for them this year i think that they are talented enough to win the big 12 and go to the playoff i, I do believe that um, but will they uh, almost certainly not <laughs> uh this year i mean i think they're going to need a little time to adapt to another new coach which that's the other thing is you know if you're texas you keep doing this you have to start over every three or four years um, you know it's really hard to to build a program and um and to and to get back to where they believe they should be. So they're talented. They're probably going to give OU a tough game uh, in the Cotton Bowl because they always do. Um, but in terms of their overall success, I, I I'm going to have to see it before I believe it because it's just been so long.
0: You know, understandably so. And you know, as as you mentioned, Jason, this is a Texas team that last year with Herman, average a little bit over 40, 42 points a game and six-plus yards per play offensively. So, I mean, I'm not sure how much you can improve on that.
4: Right. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. They 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 really have a lot of talent. Now, I'm really interested to see this year Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one criticism you can have of Tom Herman last. Well, there's a bunch, but, but <laughs> one in particular is, one in particular is they didn't give Bijan John Robinson the ball and this is one of the most talented running backs in the Big Twelve who when he played and when he got the ball, he did big things. And you know, he's on the preseason all Big Twelve uh first team. Uh I think there's uh even maybe some uh some maybe a little Heisman speculation about him because he's so good. Now, is that gonna happen? I don't think so, but not this year, but um But just the fact that we're even talking about that, I mean, he is a really, really good player. So they've got talent. There's no doubt they've got talent.
2: Yeah, I think especially with a quarterback controversy or a quarterback battle as they currently have with both Casey Thompson and Hudson Card, it almost lends itself to, well, if we can't figure out who our quarterback is going to be, maybe we just keep handing it to Bijan until – uh, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Thirty three hundred and fifty five yeah. yards over his last two games last year in twenty twenty. So that that that's that obviously a big time performance from uh, Bijan, and then they get Alabama transfer uh, Keelan Robinson as well. So uh, they're they're running their running back situation is looking really good for Sarkeesian, no doubt.
4: Yeah, and the quarterback thing is interesting because. Uh, you know, Casey Thompson, I don't know if you guys know who his dad is, but Casey Thompson's father is Charles Thompson, who was Barry Switzer's last quarterback <laughs> in the 80s. <Yankees. laughs>
0: that must have been so, an interest in recruitment there.
4: <laughs> so so there's a lot of drama there. There's a lot of really compelling, juicy stuff there if, if Casey Thompson wins that job.
2: No doubt. Uh, defensively, this uh, this Texas team – you know giving up three thirty two points a game last year in conference only uh, they lose Joseph Asai what what can you expect defensively not that you know as we like to say here in SEC country, not that the big twelve plays any <laughs> Well,
4: you know, I would push back on that a little you know I'm know just I mean? giving you a hard think- time. I, I know, but, but, and I know that's the reputation, and it's well earned reputation for the Big 12. <laughs> um, but, but, but I do think that that is getting better. I think the defenses really around the league have gotten better. Oh, Oklahoma, um, is certainly at the top of that list because of what Alex Grinch has done. And I know we'll get into, uh, to OU in a minute, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, Texas, I mean, they—they again, they've got talent. They've got the guys there. I think to to be a really good defense. I mean, you think about Texas's recruiting base. I mean, even when they have bad years, they sign good recruiting classes almost always uh, because they're in the middle of Texas, where (laughs) right, uh, it's
2: kind of hard not to.
4: Yeah, they're in the middle of Texas, so even if they don't get their first choices, they're still getting really good players most of the time. And the truth is most kids down there want to play for the University of Texas. I mean, that's sort of a uh, a big deal. Austin's a great city. I mean, they've got every – that's the thing I think that's so frustrating for people about Texas. They have literally every advantage <laughs> in the world. They've got all the money. They've got all the recruiting base. They've got everything you conceivably could – And they're in, They have their own TV network. network. They have their own TV network. They're in one of the great cities in the state of Texas, if not the country. Austin is a great city. Like, the
0: only thing that they don't have is a beach.
4: That's, that's true. That's I mean, that's, true. that's that's it.
0: Literally. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> that, is, that is a really – that's well said. I agree. They don't have a beach. But they, they got, got everything else. Down there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, Uh, speaking with Jason Kersey of the athletic. And as he said, we're going to get to OU in just a second. We're, we're, we've reached that second. Jason from here, we are particularly fascinated with OU because there's some local talent. When I say local, some Tennessee talent that has made its way there either as their first choice or as their second choice. Um, I don't know who you specifically would like to speak about first but you know Eric Gray winding up down there from the University of Tennessee was a little interesting to
4: us. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that was interesting to everybody when uh you know three guys from the same school end up followed OU. I mean, uh that was pretty pretty uh pretty weird. I I was pretty surprised that that happened but but it makes sense if you look at the individuals. And what they're looking for. OU needed it and what OU needed. They needed another running back. Um, Eric Gray wanted to play in Lincoln Riley's offense. Uh, what offensive star wouldn't, you know, really, mm-hmm. I mean, in a lot of ways want to play in that offense. Uh, T. Lawrence, uh, the safety, uh, OU really needed some better depth at safety. Um, he, he could potentially start there. Wanye Morris is almost certainly going to be the starting left tackle this year. Um, For OU, so I mean, individually, it all made sense, but it was interesting. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, OU has recruited the state of Tennessee quite well in the last few years. I mean, uh, they signed uh, Woody Washington, um, uh, who who uh, you know was a starting corner last year, uh, was I think the number one player in the state in his class uh, a couple of years ago, and then uh, they signed Reggie Grimes, a, a you know, really good defensive end uh, out of uh, out of uh, Brentwood. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, they, they've they've sort of dipped their toes into that Tennessee recruit into that Tennessee market, and it's interesting because there's a lot of talent out there, as you guys obviously know. I mean, um, and and I guess as long as Tennessee is not uh, what I think a lot of people believe they could and should be then those players are going to be a little bit more up for grabs. I would assume that that's sort of the way that I view it, at least from a distance. It, see, and, 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 Hey, there's an Oklahoma guy at Tennessee now and Josh Eiffel. So if he gets that thing turned around, maybe that'll change. But right now, um, OU's kind of got developing a little foothold out
0: there. Hey, certainly. Um, that's accurate. And, and, Reggie Grimes, in particular, came in and and got some playing time as a freshman, like you said, at defensive end last year. What do you see his situation being as he comes back for year two?
4: It's going to be hard for him to probably start this year, but that's only because OU's defensive line is so good right now. Um, You know, OU brings back a lot of really talented defensive linemen. And and, uh, I, I do think Grimes will play more this year, and I think that Next year, maybe his year to 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 shine. I think, I think maybe he's got one more year as a reserve, but I do think he'll play more than he did last year. And I think next year he has a real chance to start.
0: Can't talk about Oklahoma without talking about Spencer Rattler and continuing the legacy of Sooner quarterbacks under Lincoln Riley, in particular. I mean, I guess this was the first guy that wasn't a Heisman finalist since he took over. But yeah, you know, what what do you see for him?
4: Yeah, uh well, he had, you know, a really nice season last year. He kind of started off a little rough and I think that put him off the radar for people a little bit. They lost two of their first three games, which really for OU is unheard of. They haven't done that, <laughs> I don't think since before the Bob Soups era even. And so, um so that was a long time ago. Uh so that kind of got Rattler off to a rough start and I think that also sort of took him out of the spotlight. You got you got a little rattled, season, huh? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah no I mean his first couple games were not very good and I think that sort of took the spotlight on him if you remember last uh, preseason uh, Spencer Rattler was kind of a trendy pick to win the Heisman as a redshirt freshman just because you had seen Baker Mayfield, Tyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts have those years that they had in three straight years and so um, when he got off to that rough start I think it sort of kind of took him off the radar a little bit, and, and without all that attention on him, he actually played extremely well in the back half of the season. In fact, if you look at his like pro football focus numbers, I mean, he was his, his grades are in the same range as Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence when you got to the end of the year. And then the way they beat Florida in the Cotton Bowl, I mean, he played really well at the end of the year. So, um, so I think that, once again, he's coming in with a ton of hype. Uh, he's, you know, again, a trendy pick to, to possibly win the Heisman to be, a uh, potentially even the number one overall pick next year in the NFL draft. Uh, now how he handles that pressure will, will certainly go a long way to determining his success right now. He's also getting a ton of attention because of name image likeness. Look, he's, he's one of the players maybe in the whole country that is, uh, you know, able to, take advantage of this the, the most. And so um, there's a lot on his plate right now, but he's an extremely talented quarterback. And I don't see any reason why he can't, uh, you know, put up the same kind of numbers that we saw from a Baker Mayfield. Um, and, and at least in terms of passing at Kyler Murray, he's not going to rush for a thousand yards like Kyler Murray did. But as far as a passer, I mean, he is, he is as, he is as talented a pure passer, I would say, as maybe OU's ever had.
2: Jason Kersey of The Athletic. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Speaking to us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Uh, Jason, before we let you go, we're going to go ahead and uh, put you on the spot here. Uh, Outside of Oklahoma, who wins the Big
4: 12? Oh, well, look, that's an easy answer. You aren't putting me on the spot. The answer is Iowa State, (laughs) Uh, and I know know nobody wants, uh, you know, maybe people who don't follow the Big 12 closely would be surprised to hear that, but Iowa State was darn good last year, Mm -hmm. and they came very close to beating Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, and then they did beat Oklahoma during the regular season. And not only that, Iowa State has everybody back. I mean, they brought back almost their whole team. They had a lot of guys – uh, take advantage of that super senior season. They uh, they they convinced guys who probably would have been drafted to come back. You looked. Brock Purdy is is one of the best quarterbacks Iowa State's ever had, if not the best. Brees Hall was fifth in the Heisman voting last year at running back. Charlie Kohler, Xavier Hutchinson. I mean Mike Rose on defense. Uh, Greg Eisworth. This is a. This is a really, really good Iowa State team. And I think that they're going to – I do think they will contend for the Big 12. I think they're going to play OU tough, and uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they beat OU.
0: We spoke about Iowa State yesterday on our show, and of all the people they've got coming back, probably the biggest one is the coach. Matt Campbell being able to retain him with all of the turnover that was going on across college and pro football um, had to really be a feather in their caps, I would think.
4: Oh yeah, I mean, look, Matt Campbell has is one of the best coaches in the country in my opinion. I mean, Iowa State is a hard place to win. It's a hard place to recruit guys to. Um I, I, I actually find Ames, Iowa to be quite charming myself, but, uh, I don't know how 17-year-old <laughs> high school football <laughs> players feel about that. And that's no offense to Ames. I think it's a great town. It's just not a recruiting hotbed. They don't have the tradition, uh, you know, of, of some of the other schools, uh, even in their region. Um, and, and he's just done a, a remarkable job there. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, to be honest, sort of wondered if he was going to leave after last season. I think he's probably had the opportunities to. Uh, certainly, I think the NFL is interested in him. Uh, people, people talk about, you know, Michigan and those sorts of bigger jobs. But he seems pretty dedicated to Iowa State right now. And, uh, and that's awesome. I think it's great. I, I, I hope he stays there. Uh, for a long time. Because I think he's great for the Big 12. And I think he's obviously great for Iowa State. And, and it's been a lot of fun to watch that program rise. Because the other thing I'd say about Iowa State. As, as someone who's covered the Big 12 for a long time. Uh, Iowa State fans are awesome. They're great fans. They're loyal fans. They've put up with a lot through the years. <laughs> kind of have and to be. They deserve, they, and they deserve this. They they truly deserve this.
2: Well, I, we agreed. We agreed. We both thought Iowa State was kind of, you know, among those top two or three teams in the the conference to, to 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 vie for the championship. So it should be a lot of fun to watch the Big Twelve this year. Jason, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We really appreciate you uh, shedding some light and insight on the Big Twelve.
4: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
2: No problem, Jason Kersey of the Athletic here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Today, we'll be uh, right back to WKOM 1017 FM, WZYX 94.5, The Eagle on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Today, back to the Lee Company studio right after Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game, You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit CustomStoneHandlers.com.
1: Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted.
2: Welcome back into the show. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Coming to you from the Lee Company studio, WKM 1017 FM, WZYX 94.5, The Eagle in Franklin County. Happy to have you all along with us, especially those of you watching on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. If you are missing any part of today's show, then you can find it on sm-tnsports.com. The podcast will be available sometime this evening. Uh, or you can just listen to it on your way to work tomorrow, which is the best way to do it. All right. It's Top 5 Tuesday, and Top 5 Tuesday is brought to you by our friends at Mid-South 5 Fitness, Thalas Still and the gang over there. Mid-South 5 Fitness on Facebook, Mid-South 5 Fit at Steel Athletes on Instagram. steelathletes.com. Two great locations. One in Columbia, one in Franklin. For your personal training needs. Mid-South Five Fitness. Today's top five are the top five comfort foods. These are the foods that you pile up on your plate and then you say, dear Lord, please let this food be a nourishment to our bodies. <laughs> 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 Because
0: the only way it's gonna be is if Jesus lets it be.
3: <laughs>
0: so here we go. <laughs> yeah, there, there's not a whole lot of there's not a, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of help
4: going oh. on with this stuff.
0: Yeah. Um.
2: <laughs> so let's get started. What do you say? Uh, we'll start with Lawson. Lawson, you got number well, five. Do we have
3: it? Do we have any any honorable mentions in the in the room?
2: I know JP don't have. He barely got five.
3: I'm gonna say an honorable <laughs> mention is Nutty Buddies. Okay, let's... I like them. All right, here we go.
0: What's your number five?
3: My number five is Cosmic Brownies. I've been having them ever since I was a kid.
0: Cosmic Brownies.
3: Yes. What makes them
0: cosmic? They uh, put did some...
3: the, the little the, the little dots on it.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. They got the colored dots on the top. All right. Like sprinkles. Oh. Sprinkles!
3: Except they're better than the sprinkles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mo, number five? Uh, my number five is um, mac and
1: cheese. Oh,
2: of course. That's a good one. Yeah.
0: That's as good as any.
1: Good mm-hmm. as any. JP? Country fried steak. Yeah. That's, yeah, boy.
2: That's, uh, it's country fried steak, man. That, that's mm-hmm. great. My number five is bread pudding. Especially the one
0: at 31 South. And I know you don't like it, Moe, because it's got raisins I don't in it. like raisins. I don't like the texture of raisins. I don't like biting. But if I can ever find bread pudding that doesn't have raisins in it, count me in. With a good rum sauce? Oh,
1: man. Or, have you ever had bourbon bread pudding? Yes. Okay. That's good, too. I, w- I would go in that direction oh, yeah. If Number I'm four. going bread pudding. Man, right. I...
3: I made this list. Um, All my comfort foods are (laughs) sweets and candy variety. Uh, That's okay. Okay, so my number four is the chewy version of sweet tarts, which they're like like the tiny little uh, sweet tart balls, whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not my thing, but hey, okay. Um, I actually like the airhead version. Of that. I've never tried those. It's good. Anyway. Is it me? Yes. Uh my number four It's one of the best things Jody makes is white chicken chili. Mm. With with You've told me this before. Yeah, with Fritos and with shredded cheese and sour cream. Oh yeah. On a on a fall evening.
1: Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. JP number. Number four, hash brown casserole. Good one.
0: Good
2: one,
1: yeah boy, really good one. Great, it's great with steak. By the way, that's our potato. Oftentimes, when we grill steaks, okay. I can it's, see that hash okay. brown casserole. Do
2: you? What do you put in your hash brown casserole? Anything uh,
1: like extra? I mean, sour cream and uh, cheese and hash browns. I don't know what else. See, I like right. bacon. About it. I like bacon in. There. I could like do a some bacon. bacon in.
0: There. Oh, bacon makes everything. everything. <laughs> yeah, we have hash brown casserole for Christmas breakfast with country ham. Homemade oh, yeah. biscuits and Man. eggs, hundred oh, percent.
3: me hungry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My number four, deviled
3: eggs. Ooh, um, I agree with that. They're good. Number three? Uh, number three is honey buns. I,
2: I'm here for that. I love honey buns. But I, I like the iced honey buns. Yes, with the white icing. On them.
3: I've like the little Debbie ones. Yep. Every I, time I can eat, I've eaten two boxes in a day so I, and regretted it, but I'll, it was I'll be, fun.
2: I'm with you because that used to be my breakfast. Like I would just stop at the store, grab one, and just go.
0: I, I like honey buns more the dessert though. Like a heated honey bun with ice cream. I just sure. have it as a
3: snack. Just
0: <laughs> he's like, I don't care. I, I'll I eat I honey a bun any time, right? Lunch, <laughs> dinner, dessert, <laughs> any time of the day. It don't matter. My number three is pancakes. Pancakes. Oh wow. Mm. Ideally, pecan pancakes. Okay, Ooh. good okay. choice. You don't like pecans. I don't like pecans. pecans.
2: I like I like pancakes with just straight up. But I want like some fresh fruit on it. Very
4: pancake See, there
1: you go, trying to be healthy. <laughs> Number three for me: uh, Philly cheesesteak. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, in particular, the one at the uh, Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia. <laughs> okay,
2: uh-huh. there's that.
1: That's pretty. Uh, Pretty specific. specific. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I'll tell you. So it was a surprise. I've eaten, you know, some of the more uh, popular places. I would put in there uh, the Nick's roast beef, um, or the Nick's. Uh, yeah, it's a ro- it's it's roasted beef sandwich at the. Um, at the big place in philadelphia though.
0: genos or Pats? I
1: mean, well that's what i'm saying i, th- yeah. I think i've had genos and Pats, and i think the one in four seasons was better
0: i think it was really funny that i think they had a women's final four in philly one year and both utah and, and UConn were in it and that was the big thing genos and Pats. that's yeah. funny yeah
2: number three fried green tomatoes i love fried green tomatoes absolutely love them i don't like tomatoes crickets I hear listen, hey, <laughs> secrets in the sauce. Number two.
3: My number two is bunch of crunch. Instead of having it as a candy bar, it's just bunches of crunch.
0: <laughs> My number two is homemade banana bread. Mm, banana bread. That's Spe- good stuff. And, and Right out of the oven. Either warm. right out of the oven or heat it up. Slap some butter on it, heat it up. Oh, yeah. Good stuff.
1: JP. Number two. Number two thanksgiving morning every year my dad is a country ham now he does it uh, in the oven soaked in uh, dr pepper yep uh that's, and then has mine, a a cornmeal and brown sugar coating yep that cornmeal uh uh-huh brown sugar. so fresh hot salty country ham and uh homemade biscuits with sharp cheddar uh cheese it's uh, thanksgiving morning
0: i'm crashing yep. we do that mm-hmm. on uh, christmas morning
1: just yep. like you. I, the I,
0: I'm, I'm crushing yep. your place. Thanks. Bring
1: your, your hash brown casserole, and we got a, we got ourselves a match All right. right there. All right. Number two, twice-baked <laughs> potatoes. Oh, hey. Twice-baked mm. potatoes.
2: So good. Just load them up, throw them back in. Yep. Number one.
3: Number one is gummy worms. If you gummy bring worms. me a bag of gummy worms, I will be the sour
2: happiest. Sour or like regular?
3: Regular. Okay. I, I like the sour, but the regular ones, I can just... Go through an entire bag in about fifteen minutes. I know we're getting them
1: for his um, intern graduation. Intern yeah. yeah. graduation, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: that's right. Yeah, He's gotta pass the grade So, so my number one, um, my mom's
1: pork chops, rice, and biscuits.
0: Pork chops
2: are always good. Oh,
1: yeah. JP number one. All right, number one for me. Uh, another very specific, uh, I miss this dearly, the penne a la vodka with uh, their homemade sausage at Mama Ricotta's in Charlotte, North Carolina.
2: Okay. He's so specific, mm-hmm. but I don't blame him. No, he's, he's, I mean, They're good. He's got a little
1: diva in him. He is. Days,
2: he's he's a diva. My number one, chicken and dumplings. And I should have had them at Omega's today, but I didn't. Next time. Next time I'll make That's it. okay.
0: You did have the pork chop today. I did
2: have the pork chop today and I just, you know, picked it up and chomped on it with my hand. So
0: well there plastic you go. knives don't do so well. They really don't. It's not worth it. So
2: uh there you go. That's your top five comfort foods on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. We'll be back tomorrow, 4 p.m. right here on WKOM and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, sm-tnsports.com. If you want to find us, you can find us. It's not hard. Just uh, search sm-tnsports. Once again, thanks to our friends down at WZYX 94.5, the Eagle for Lawson Smith and Mo Patton. JP Plant on the controls. I'm Chris Yao saying, have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.